Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special college football episode of the You Thought Podcast. It's just me, Lucas, and Jared here today. We're going to be talking about all things college football. Uh, we'll get it started, as we always do on these shows, with some news we missed. We'll start off with Ren Hefley, who is the quarterback for the Presbyterian Blue Hose, which is their uh, real mascot, too. Wow. I, I did not misspell horse on the outline. Okay, Blue I was Hose wondering about that. Wow. Um, He's a Michigan transfer, and he set the FCS record for touchdown passes in a game with 10 as Presbyterian beat NAIA school St. Andrews. Wow. Can't wait for the revenge game when they play Michigan next year. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Get that on the schedule. <laughs> he's going to throw 12 touchdowns then. Just really <laughs> tear him up. Um, in other news, Alabama is Alabama. Uh, the Crimson Tide demolished the Miami Hurricanes 44-13. to in their opening game with quarterback Bryce Young going 27 for 38 for 344 yards, four touchdowns, almost Jack Cohn-level stats. <laughs> yeah. He is now the betting favorite for the Heisman. Are you serious? He is, so yeah. this is This is more about <laughs> Alabama being wide receiver you rather than quarterback you. I know like there's a lot of hype for all these quarterbacks, but we haven't seen them dominate in the NFL yet where we see all these Alabama, Alabama wide receivers that are just studs. And, exactly. Um, I mean, if you surround them with enough talent, like they're going to be good. <laughs> yeah, no, I think not to take anything right. away from Bryce, but yeah, but yeah, no, 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 I agree. I think it might be another case of a, uh, you know, he's got a lot of talent around him, makes yeah. him look good. Um, number two, Oklahoma barely skated by Tulane. They only won forty to thirty-five. Tulane had a chance to win right at the end. They recovered an onside kick, but couldn't quite punch it in for the win. So not a great start for the Sooners, um, who also did not have a great start last year. Um, other top five teams uh, that maybe didn't succeed quite as much as they wanted to. Number four, Ohio State uh, fought off a scrappy Minnesota team who hung with them for most of the game. Uh, the Buckeyes won forty-five to thirty-one, but maybe you know not as dominating of a win as many would expect. Yeah, it was shaky. Minnesota was leading a half, right? But yeah, they make the second half adjustments. PJ Flex a good coach though. He had them really well prepared. Yeah, I think like last year was like an aberration too for Minnesota. We talked about this, but like they were really good two years ago. They were eleven and two, and they just were like, you know, last year coronavirus season and all that. Like it was just like I think they just were off. But I think that like this is a good return to form this year, and I think they'll be decent as the year goes on. Yeah, PJ Flack, excellent coach. Yeah. Um, some upset news: Charlotte beat Duke for its first ever win over a Power Five team. Nice. Um. Mike Leach is Mississippi State. <laughs> almost got upset. They oh, got a 35-34 to 34 win over Skip Holtz's Louisiana Tech team. Oh. Um, yeah. Some little Notre Dame connection there. Mike uh, Leach should have never left Washington State, man. No. He, he had he had it made. Oh. Yeah. He didn't, he, didn't made the, he didn't made the Texas Tech, too. I feel like every place he's been, <laughs> like, dominated until he came here. But, hey, you know, almost. Uh, they still won, so yeah. it's all good. Um, Kansas <laughs> stormed the field after scoring their first win in nearly two years. They beat FCS South Dakota seventeen to fourteen. Oh my god! <laughs> a win is a win. Um, That's crazy. Should Kansas just play in the FCS for football? Honestly, <laughs> maybe. You know what's crazy too is like that the two thousand seven season that I love to talk about all the time. They were like in the top five like all year. Like it was just Kansas? like a, yeah, Kansas. Wow. Kansas and Missouri played each other as number one and number two at one point in the season. Oh my gosh, that is yeah. crazy. Yeah, so and it's been a, a rapid fall from grace. Um, 
But despite South Dakota's loss to Kansas, it was a pretty big weekend for the FCS. Montana beat number 20 Washington, 13-7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not great. <laughs> Look for the Pac-12. Um, Eastern Tennessee State handily beat Parkley's <laughs> Vanderbilt <No>. team, 23-3. <laughs> um, and finally, a shout-out to the FCS's finest, Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts, where my sister goes, who beat UConn. Uh, 38 to 28, and the next day, UConn's coach Randy Adsel, Randy Adsel announced his retirement. So <laughs> he, he could not deal with the embarrassment of that. Um, pretty because UConn didn't play all last year, uh, and then they've just gotten like they got wrecked in their first game, and then they lost to an FCS team. So it's just not been a good return for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <gasps> oh, but moving on to our first full segment, uh, in the game of the week. Number three Clemson and number five Georgia met in the first primetime match of the season, with Georgia coming out on top with a ten to three win. No offensive touchdowns were scored in the game, and throughout the game, Clemson's offensive line looked shaky at best. They couldn't establish a running game, and receivers couldn't get open for new quarterback DJ Youngalele, whose name I maybe pronounced correctly. Um, <laughs> and Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit repeatedly called DJ indecisive throughout the whole game. So Jared coupled with last year's 21 point playoff loss to Ohio State. Do you think this is a sign that Clemson's on the decline? No, so we can look back on some precedents set by this team to know that it's not time to panic yet. I know, well first off, I know you want to insist that the 21 point playoff loss was an embarrassment, but they didn't look like they didn't belong on the field like Notre Dame and Alabama um the same Notre, year, right? I don't know, Notre Dame lost by fewer points. <laughs> okay, but we didn't we that doesn't did. really mean that we looked on the same level okay, as them. Okay. But anyway, after Clemson's 2016 championship season where they beat Bama, mm-hmm. they had Deshaun Watson, right? And that yeah. was their best player. Watson left. The next year they went to Kelly Bryant. And, mm-hmm. you know, they lost a regular season game and then lost to Alabama in a semifinal 24-6 um, to where they didn't score a touchdown in that game either. And Bryant had two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Where'd they go the next year? Midseason replaced Bryant with Trevor Lawrence. You know, first game with Lawrence as a starter gets hurt, so it looks like there's cracks in the system. They barely beat Syracuse, but by the time they meet Bama in the playoff game, they hand Bama like their worst loss I think I've ever seen, maybe second to LSU the next year. But I don't think there's really that many signs of... Okay, so here's the thing. Dabo knows how to recruit. 2020 third-ranked class, 2021 fifth-ranked class. Next year's class, they already have two five-star recruits. Mm -hmm. Then Brent Venables is still their defensive coordinator. He's super great, which was on display in this game, right, where Georgia didn't even score a touchdown. So I think it really just comes down to surrounding DJ with some talent. And because, like, like you said, I think the the big thing was that receivers, like, were just freaking covered up. There was mm-hmm. there was a pretty hard for DJ. There wasn't really too many people open um, except for Ross, um, I believe his name was. And, um, yeah, I think it's just surrounding him with talent. Maybe DJ's not the guy. Maybe they need to – maybe they have some freshmen in waiting – that's mm-hmm. going to be better. I don't know, but I don't think it's signs of their decline yet. I'm not ready to sound any alarms. I uh, I might be like I don't think <laughs> okay. that they're going to like fall off the face of the earth. Like I don't think that they're going to go like eight and five this year or something like right. that. But I think that they're sort of at a a tedious point where it's like they could they can maybe stay in that like tier one with Alabama, but they can also I think fairly recently slip sort of into the Ohio State Oklahoma Notre Dame type tier of team. 
Um, because I think it's been cr- pretty clear over the last five years, there are two elite teams in college football, and that's Alabama and Clemson. And maybe you know Ohio State will pop up or Oklahoma or Notre Dame and sort of challenge that. But there's really just two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU had that crazy year um, two years ago as well. But I think that there are a few signs. I don't know in my mind that point towards them. Maybe this year being like eleven and two, maybe not quite making the playoff or something like that. Okay. Um, we've never seen Dabo have elite levels of success without a generational quarterback. Um, and I think that while they were good in some seasons where he didn't, they had like 10, 11 seasons with Taj Boyd. You mentioned the Kelly Bryant year as well. They've only like really been elite and competed for national titles. Um, when they had those generational quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. And I think DJ feels to me more like Kelly Bryant and Taj Boyd than he does mm. like Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson. And I think that like that, that's not a knock against DJ. He's clearly an excellent quarterback. You know, Taj Boyd, Kelly Bryant were also good quarterbacks. But I just don't think that he's elite in the same way those other two guys were. And I think that um, Dabo is so used to at this point like structuring his offense around like having that elite playmaking quarterback that mm-hmm. if DJ isn't that there's a chance for some struggles. And I think that you saw that <clears throat> in this game. Like he couldn't like, even though all the receivers were covered for DJ and that's not his fault. Like that was still seemed to be the game plan throughout the game was that they were going to throw the ball. And well, then, well that's because they couldn't run anything though. Too. They couldn't run them all like, too. Well, ETN is gone now. And well, yeah, well, I don't know, they're getting me, stuffed. That brings me to my second point. <clears throat> I think, you can't be an elite team without an elite offensive line. And their offensive line looked horrible against yeah. Georgia. They couldn't run the ball. DJ was under pressure the whole time. And I think that's just another sign of decline. Like, if you can't recruit great offensive line talent, pretty much nothing else matters. I don't but they're going to, though, Is I guess is the point. We'll Next year, they already have two five-star recruits. I didn't, like, go into if they were offensive linemen or not. But yeah. they already have two five-star recruits. They'll probably get another five-star quarterback like Trevor Lawrence was. Or mm-hmm. I'm sure Deshaun Watson was, too. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. I just like maybe this is just an off year, but I could see the chance for a little bit of re- regression this year, just because like the o- offensive line is not good. Uh-huh. Like I just think that that's an unquestionable fact. I think there's no question DJ is not as good as Trevor Lawrence, and like there's a ton of talent on the team. And I think they'll be good. Like I said, like eleven and two maybe or something like that. But uh-huh. I just don't know necessarily if they're still in that Alabama tier of teams this year. And they might return to there, but I think there's a chance for a, a slight decline this year. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably be they'll probably be declined. But that being said, I was looking at their regular season schedule. It's pretty easy. It's kind of a cupcake schedule, actually. Mm-hmm. They have Boston College. Maybe Pitt will be good, or Syracuse, who always gives them trouble. Who knows about Florida State, how they look. But yeah. other than that, like they don't have North Carolina or Miami. I don't know. They have a pretty easy schedule, so... I would expect them honestly to make the playoffs again this year, right? They'll probably they'll probably win the ACC with and go undefeated from here on out, probably. Yeah. Would you say I, that? Yeah, I'd say that they still have a good chance of making the playoffs for like the exact same reason you mentioned. Like the schedule is super easy, which is mm-hmm. classic Clemson, just to like <laughs> through and <laughs> the ACC is not schedule. really that strong, to be honest. Yeah, and they don't even play like the strongest teams in the yeah. ACC. Um, and so. Yeah, I can see them getting to the playoff. I think that there's inevitably going to be a debate between 12-1 and Clemson and 13-0 and Cincinnati about who gets into the playoff. Mm. And I think that Clemson... You think Cincinnati's beating Notre Dame? Did you watch the game last <laughs> night? <laughs> um, oh, man. 
I don't know. Yeah, we'll Maybe we'll, we'll get it. Yeah, we'll get into <laughs> that. Um, but I can see that being a, a real possibility, and I okay. think um, yeah, I could see Clemson sneaking in as like the four seed winning out because, like you said, the, their schedule isn't that difficult. They have talent. Like they're not going to play any defense that plays like Georgia does for the rest of the year until mm-hmm. they make the playoffs. So it's it'll be very different scenarios and stuff like that. But yeah, we'll see. I just Dabo's like known for being a great recruiter, and I think that. As long as him and Brent Venables are there, mm-hmm. they're 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 an elite program, I think. To be honest, yeah. No, I mean that's fair. Like they, they their track record over the last six or so years, seven years has been mm-hmm. incredible. Um, and and think... Clemson doesn't have like the built-in. I don't, in my opinion, they don't have like the built-in tradition and prestige that Alabama has. In, in mm-hmm. terms of being a historical program, right? Like they had like a nineteen eighty yeah. national championship, something like that. But yeah. But you know they have a lot of stuff going for them as they're in the, they're based in the south. If they were ba- if this was like Washington, I don't know, like somewhere that's not a football stronghold, I'd be like, okay, this is concerning. But yeah. the fact that they're in South Carolina, I think helps out a lot too. Yeah. Do you think though that like with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, there's a chance that like they lose a little bit of that stranglehold over the South? Um. I don't know. Everybody's yeah. Everybody's insisting that moving to the SEC is going to make it better for mm-hmm. those schools, recruiting wise. But I don't. I don't know. I would kind of rather just like dominate the Big Twelve and. Oh, I, I mean that's what I've like, always said. Yeah, I, I go to I Texas agree, and like... dominate the Big Twelve. But now, yeah. now you're playing against these freaking. I mean, I don't know. These guys that are getting recruited by those schools like have supreme confidence, right? So I'm. They think they're going to be the best player on the field, but. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, that gets into, into like the sort of similar mindset for going to Clemson too. Like you'll dominate the ACC. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. year. yeah. Like there's so no that reason. That might be a benefit to... for them, right? Exactly. Like imagine if Trevor Lawrence had to play like Georgia every week or Alabama every week. Like I'm sure he would have still been like a top five pick. Obviously, yeah. he's very talented, but it's different than like tearing up Pitt and Syracuse every week. Yeah, exactly. What about Georgia? What's there? Oh, is there a path to the playoff made for them, or what? What? What do you think? Yeah, I think that I would put them as a betting favorite to make the playoff now. Really? Yeah. Who I do think, they got coming up? I haven't checked their schedule. They have... Sorry, I looked this up before. I forgot to turn it down. Um, UAB win, South Carolina win, Vandy win, Arkansas win, Auburn win, Kentucky win, Florida probably win, Missouri win, Tennessee win, Charleston Southern win, Georgia Tech win. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they got their it made. easy. Yeah. They're gonna coast right into the, uh, um, the SEC championship at twelve and zero. I'm almost certain of that. Well, I think I don't know. Do you have I any problems I'm... though with the fact that they didn't score a touchdown in that game, an offensive touchdown in that game? Yeah, I mean the defense was just so elite that like I don't know. I think you can overlook that. Um, I think too that sort of in the same way Clemson's not gonna face a team like Georgia. Mm-hmm. Georgia's not gonna face a team like Clemson either, who's that good on defense as well. Yeah. So I think that they'll. I don't know when they're playing Vandy or Arkansas. Like I don't think the offense is necessarily <laughs> oh, going to be a problem. Um, even Florida, because I think I picked them in the episode we did last week for like having a down year. So yeah, yeah, I think that they have a relatively easy schedule. Um, I don't think they play a single other ranked team besides Florida uh, for the rest of the year. Um, is and Auburn so, not ranked? I don't think so. Um, okay. They're always a tricky out, team, but, though. I'm telling you, yeah, they are. But yeah, no, I think that they're going to go into the SEC Championship against Alabama. Both of them 12-0, and both of them undefeated. I think probably both a winner and loser of that game will make the playoff. Yeah. So. It's a good shot. Yeah. Good shot. 
Yeah. So I think Georgia is in prime position to make the uh, the playoff this year. Okay. Alrighty. Well, we'll be keeping close eyes on all that, mm-hmm. but even closer eyes on our beloved Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Who I'm sure you watched the game if you're listening. Notre Dame beat Florida State 41-38 in overtime. Let's talk about it, Lucas. Unpack this for us. Well, the game had everything you could expect out of a Notre Dame game. <laughs> a huge blown lead that made it way closer than it needed to be. Yeah. An iconic performance from some guys I had faith in coming into the game, like Kyle Hamilton, Keeper oh, yeah. Jonathan Dorr. Uh, both were excellent. And guys I did not have faith in coming into the game, Jack Cohn, who was elite, and I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but finally, it had the you know the crowning moment of the game when Brian Kelly threatened to execute all the players at the end, yeah. <laughs> which is just like a PR nightmare of a quote. Um, yeah. He tried to like recreate some Jack McKay quote from like the seventies and just like did not. The setup wasn't get, was he it. didn't. The setup wasn't <laughs> given to him, so it was a little forced. <laughs> A lot yeah, he tried to like create the setup for himself. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, <laughs> more seriously, uh, three main takeaways. One, I think Jack Cohn is legit. Um, he wasn't always perfect. Um, I think the stats were maybe slightly more impressive than how he played, but he played really, really well. If you just look alone at his stat line, 26-35 for 366 yards and four touchdowns is Bryce Young-type numbers, the favorite for the Heisman. <laughs> um he had one pick, but that was just a Hail Mary at the end of the game. And you know, Okay, yeah. Really I, I didn't even remember the pick when I saw that in the stat line. I was like, what pick was that? Yeah, it was when there was like 10 seconds left and they were at the yeah. 15 and they just chucked it down. So it, I don't know. I don't even count that um, yeah. as, you know, against him. Um, and plus he was let down by some big drops, especially by Michael Mayer a couple times. So okay. I think like he might have even been more impressive than the stats looked like. Um, that's a positive. The negative is that both the defense and the offensive line need to be way better. Um, in terms of the defense, aside from Kyle Hamilton, uh, whose two picks were shining light, uh, the defense was not good. And there were even some plays where Hamilton got beat too, so not even mm-hmm. he was like perfect. They allowed way too many big plays. And then they basically, throughout the whole fourth quarter, just like played prevent, which like played right into Florida State's hands. Like They could just think their way down the field and score. Um I still have faith in Marcus Freeman, but I think things need to get better quickly. Like, I think the players weren't great, and I think the game plan wasn't necessarily great either. Like, they played too conservatively towards the end. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, And the offensive line, the other half of the downside, was predictably not great either. I brought this up in the last episode, too. They're just so inexperienced. There's four or five new guys. Like, it'll just take time to gel. But only having 70 rushing yards in the whole game is, like, not a good look, yeah, especially when just... they ran over people last year. Like, they had a, a dominant run offense. And with, like, running back as good as Kyron Williams is, like, uh, you need to just do better for him. They're young. I think it'll, it'll take them again some time to gel, but I think it's at least a short-term concern how the line played mm-hmm. last night. Um, third... There were some pretty awful calls in this game. <laughs> like, I, I usually am not one to complain about officiating because I think, you know, you just go out, you win anyway. Like, mm-hmm. it's annoying, but, and it bugs me sometimes when people <clears throat> complain about officiating above all else. But the overtime call, um, where they the, said Mackenzie Melton, yeah. The fumble. Like, or the fumble, fumble turned into a incomplete pass. incomplete pass. Like, there's no way that there's like overwhelming video evidence that he was throwing the ball there. Yeah. Like, he was tucking it. He back was tucking. In. He was tucking. Yeah. So, anyway, um, 
it worked out because, you know, Mike Norvell of the Florida State head coach iced his own kicker. <laughs> and, you know, ball don't lie. They missed because of the bad <laughs> call. But, yeah, that, that was frustrating. So, like, overall... I was not exactly enthralled with their performance. Like a yeah. win is a win, but there were some big areas where they needed to improve. Yeah. It was a stressful viewing experience. I was I was saying on our last episode, which we found out that I kind of don't know anything about college football going into week one uh, from that episode, but I'm not gonna I'm not confident enough to book that Notre Dame's gonna finish twelve and zero anymore, like I was thinking I might be, depending on this game. Definitely not. Yeah, so one thing I want to push back on, I'll start mm-hmm. I'll start there, I guess, is I think you mentioned the D-line needed to approve, but I actually don't think the D-line was our problem. It was our back seven. Like, oh, sure, I just Kyle, said the defense generally. The def- Sorry, okay, defense general. Yeah. Okay, so our defensive line was really good, actually. We were, especially in that first quarter, like he had no time. The quarterback had no time to throw. He was running for his life. Kyle Hamilton, obviously a dude, like you said, he got, mm-hmm. he got a beat potentially on a couple plays, but... Um, that interception where he covered the entire field was was pretty mm-hmm. impressive. That's I saw insane, a tweet yeah. from our favorite Twitter account, Reddit College Football, that was like, mm-hmm. so apparently the strategy of don't throw the ball towards Kyle Hamilton doesn't even work because <laughs> <Yeah>. he'll <laughs> still get there. Go all the way I think. The yeah. I think on the game plan, Marcus Freeman. Or wait, sorry, is that his name, Marcus Freeman? Yeah, Marcus Freeman. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think he did have a pretty good game plan. It seemed like we were in position a lot and then just made arm tackles and like, mm-hmm. especially on like their, their long runs, like we were in position and then somebody arm tackles or somebody dives and like misses. And he did look pretty stressed on the sideline though. He was doing some yeah. aggressive like finger pointing at some points, but mm-hmm. I think considering how good other defenses looked in week one though, it's pretty, con- it's still concerning for sure. Very concerning. Um, so we'll see how we can do against Toledo, but and I think for Jack Cohn, yeah, we were saying yesterday we were texting and we were saying that it didn't, the stat line made it look better than he was, but I, I think that was a little bit nitpicking and you mentioned this yeah. just in this episode, like um, he was hurt by some drops, like you said, and our vertical game looked really good actually, mm-hmm. like a lot better than usual, especially, yeah. um, I should have wrote, wrote down his name, Kevin Austin, is that what it is? Yeah, Kevin Austin. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Austin had a great game. Yeah. Um, on those Joe deep Wilkins passes. too, who like mossed the guy. In the Joe Wilkins, there. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that was encouraging to see because we don't we don't see that from Notre Dame. Honestly, I don't feel like we've seen that since Ever. the Will Fuller years. Uh-huh. Like yeah. we had it a little bit with Chase Claypool, but that was like only one guy, right? But um, yeah, I think overall pretty concerning, uh, considering how other good other defenses looked. I know a lot of other teams struggled week one, but. I don't know. I, I have the feeling that Florida State is going to go like three and nine. It's gonna, this is going to look like a terrible win <laughs> going, going yeah. forward, to be honest. We'll see. It had lots of shades of when they played Texas in 2016. <clears throat> I know. I was thinking of that, and I was like, don't have this freaking lose in uh, overtime. That would be terrible. Yeah, so I mean, this turned out a little better. But I uh, mm-hmm. the one thing that gives me a little bit of hope is that the strength of schedule also looks like it took a big hit this oh, yeah, weekend, too, with both Wisconsin and UNC losing. Um, yeah, which in some ways is good in that like they have a better chance of going twelve and zero, but in some ways bad because <laughs> even if they do go twelve and zero, the schedule might not look that look impressive. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it looks just as impressive as Clemson's, to be honest, though. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I wasn't. I don't feel overwhelmingly confident about yeah. them going forward either. 
Um, not at all. I still, I'll still stick by like my nine and three, ten and two type prediction. Like I think that's definitely achievable, but I don't think the ceiling is much higher than that. Yeah. At this point. Well, I don't think our floor is lower than nine and three. Yeah. But yeah, that that was not a, it was uh, more stressful than it needed to be. I mean, because we yeah. were actually. At like some point in the third quarter where we were up by like 18 right and it actually yeah, looked 38 to 20 yeah yeah and it looked pretty good and i was like okay mm-hmm. this is solid but then i actually one of the people i was watching was uh watching with was like all right this game's over and then uh then of course it wasn't but yeah no yeah it's it was just a frustrating game to watch more than anything else and yeah like, yeah it was frustrating know. it didn't feel like notre dame teams we've seen in the recent past where i feel like you know sometimes they struggle in big games but i feel like teams are supposed to beat they beat and beat mm-hmm. like, relatively handily yeah and this wasn't the case and, like who knows maybe florida State's gonna win the last so. 11 games and go 11 and 1 yeah, yeah look great so. but yeah bring back mackenzie milton and you know it's a great story with yeah good too. story but um so yeah i don't know i i, I woke up this morning a little demoralized yeah <laughs> yeah chances but who knows yeah it wasn't the game i wanted to see <laughs> yeah uh, any concluding thoughts on notre dame no i mean i'm not gonna even see the next game because it's on peacock for some reason but <laughs> no. uh, peacock kidding, premium um come on now yeah we'll see oh i wanted to add michael mayer was so up and down in that game. yeah like the first he drive he looked game. insane like he you know was like dominating he caught like i think he had three receptions for 67 yards and the touchdown on the first drive um Mm-hmm. then he had a couple really bad drops as well yeah and one so, at the like, very end of the game right where that would have yeah. put us in a field goal position but yeah that almost certainly would have won it i mean like it worked out anyway they won yeah. by the exact same score they would have had they done that but still it, yeah it's frustrating like he's someone who i know has a lot of potential and i just think he needs to find the consistency to like he'll look find like it on the first drive yeah, i think he'll find it i'm not so. too worried about the drops on his drops but we'll see yeah well we set some expectations for Notre Dame for this week, and there are a lot of other teams that either overperformed or underperformed their expectations yeah. uh, this week. So we're going to look at a bunch of them. We're going to look at uh, UNC, Penn State, Oregon, Texas, Indiana, Iowa State, and UCLA. And we're going to be going back and forth, cashing or trashing, whether what we saw from those teams this weekend is what we'll see from them for the <clears throat> rest of the year. We'll start off with North Carolina. Uh, Jared, they started the season ranked number 10, but they lost 17-10 to 10 to Virginia Tech uh, on Friday night. Cashing or trashing, whether this is the real UNC? This is this is trashing. I'm trashing this. I mean, my okay. UNC bucket is gone, right? I said literally like 48 <laughs> hours before this game that they they were going to go undefeated, or they were going to go 11-1 and one and lose to Notre Dame, or 12-1 technically, because they were going to win their bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac Brown looked super disheveled. <laughs> like, I was like, poor <laughs> yeah. guy. Sam Howell was terrible. The announcers mm-hmm. did make it. The announcers made a big deal about like all their offensive production left, but they were turning five starters and they got dominated on the O line. The, yeah, their five starters got completely dominated. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any way that Sam Howell and five returning O linemen can look that badly all season. So I'm trashing it. I, I think, like I said last episode, Mac Brown's recruiting classes are getting better. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, this should be a more talented roster, but. Uh, yeah, so I'm trashing it. I think there's no way they play this badly the rest of the season. What do you think? I'm 
casting it slightly. Oh, I like you made the point that there's no way they can look this bad all season. But if in my mind, if they look this bad, there's also no way they can look like that good okay. for the rest of the season. Like I think that while this may be on like the lower end of the spectrum in terms of performances, um, I don't think. You know they're going to be great. I think losing both running backs really, really hurt too. Yeah. Um, they just like take the the balance out of that offense with the offensive line that looking great. Um, I think that's tough, but I don't know. Like I don't think that they're going to be bad, but I think that like we'll see some what of this level of performance throughout the rest of the year, which I think will get them to like nine and three, which is like not a bad season. But I think yeah, they'll probably lose two of three to Miami, Florida State, and Wake Forest. I don't know which Wake of those. Forest. Yeah, no, no, no. I think they're going to be a sleeper to be really good this year. Okay. Uh, or maybe not really good, but they uh, to make have a really high-scoring offense. Yeah, make some noise. Um, so, yeah, like, I think that they're going to be more like they were on Friday than they were last year, but I still think, like, seeing what we saw on Friday, Virginia Tech's not a bad team. They'll still be, you know, reasonably competitive throughout the year. Okay. Fair enough. We'll see. What about Penn State? They beat number 12 Wisconsin, started the season ranked 19th. Uh, Cashier trashing that this is the real Penn State. I am so sorry to cash this. I oh. think they're actually going to be good this year. Mm. That, that, the, the way the defense played was incredible. Like, you have a defense that plays at that elite level all year. I think you're going to be competitive. The offense was awful, but I, I think <laughs> I'm taking the approach that you took with UNC to Penn State like I don't think you can look that bad on offense mm-hmm. all year and I think even if the offense improves marginally you have a top 10 team I think they're probably gonna be the favorites in every game this year except Ohio State mm-hmm. um, after this one so I think just the defense looks so legit that even though I am a noted not Penn State fan I think they're gonna be pretty good this year I'm trashing you know, it actually you are I don't, I'm not giving that much credit to them it was a super sloppy game yeah. like obviously went to halftime 0-0 I don't mm-hmm. think maybe they'll be Ohio State's biggest challenger, but I think Ohio State's kind of got this conference made at this point. It, yeah. it, like Indiana, right? We'll get to Indiana later, but like it just really didn't look like there's that much challenge in the the Big Ten for them. And all their all their like production came from big plays, which I don't like. You're not going to be able to do against better teams. And also, I I don't know. We'll get into Wisconsin later too, but I don't know if. Um, I think their defense was looking good because Wisconsin's offense just is not good. We'll see. But yeah, we'll see. I think that's also true. Yeah, yeah. We'll see going forward. Well, uh, we're gonna go to one, maybe one of your favorite teams, or at least a team from one of your favorite regions of the country next. Yeah, uh, the Oregon Ducks. Uh, they squeaked by Fresno State. They started the season ranked at number eleven, but only won thirty-one to twenty-four. Are you cashing or trashing whether this is the the real Oregon. I'm cashing it. I I, I, th- I had a, I've t- I'm having to eat a lot of humble pie this weekend because I thought Oregon was going to have a bounce back year, but I don't think th- they looked bad last year, and they might be just as bad this year without Justin Herbert. Basically, they played on the Pac-12 network, so nobody could watch this game, including me included. But the <laughs> yeah. concerning thing, I watched the hi- extended highlights of it. The concerning thing is that Fresno State did most of its damage in the second half which, like I said mm-hmm. earlier, is when good teams are supposed to make their adjustments. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, the first half, if it's competitive, whatever, you can make your second half adjustments and blow them out. But I think, like, yeah, with 2.57 left in the game, that was the la- that was when Oregon finally took the lead. Like, And Fresno mm-hmm. State took the lead in the fourth. Like, I'm yeah, I'm cashing. And then Thibodeau went down to, I'm not sure if we saw, I don't know if we've gotten an update on, like, what his timetable was, but their best player on defense got hurt, so... 
uh, yeah, they just didn't look good last year, and I thought they were going to make a big jump this year. I thought it was a pandemic year, basically, last year, but uh, yeah. appa- apparently not. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i going to very slightly cash it as well, but I don't think, like, I don't think they're going to be, like, college competitive this year. You made a yeah. lot of the points I was going to make about, like, just a horrific second half performance and barely like squeaking by them, but their their schedule isn't terrible either. Um, I think that they have Ohio State this weekend where they're going to lose. By yeah, they're probably going to get a trounced. decent amount. Yeah, um, but other than that, like the Pac twelve does not look super strong this year outside of UCLA, who we'll get to. <laughs> um, so I could like they feel kind of like a UNC to me, which like I don't think they're going to be like an elite team this year by any means, but I think that there's somebody again who has enough talent to probably go like nine and three or something like that mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, be competitive at the very least. But I think this showed to me that they're not going to be like competing for the college football playoff this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about, um, Texas beating number 23, Louisiana 38 to 18. Texas started the season ranked number 21. Uh, cash or trash that this is the real Texas. I'll cash it. I don't know how much that means because um, I don't know how good Louisiana actually was. But yeah, um, I think Texas is one of being very conservative on, in which I'm withholding judgment until I see them play like a legit big team. Okay. Um, though Louisiana was ranked, and I usually like ranked group of five teams. I just don't know how like how talented this team actually was. So I'm gonna cash that they're probably they're good enough to have beat a decent group of five team by 20 points, but I don't know what that means beyond this weekend. Uh, what do you think? I'm cashing this. Texas You're is cashing Texas it. is back. Yeah. Two bags of cash. They're um, back. And I think this Sarkeesian area is going to, to hit different than it did in USC and Washington, Washington. Right. Actually, he didn't do terrible. He took over a winless Washington team. The next mm-hmm. year they went like five and seven, I think. Um, yeah. But former Nick Saban assistants, you know, obviously they have like a mixed track record, but I think he's going to be one of the, the good proof points with like Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, Mark D'Antonio. Mm-hmm. I brought this up previously, but we do know that Texas is a talented team. Or I, mm-hmm. I think Texas's recruiting classes were number three in 2018 and 2019. Last year's class was eight. Mm-hmm. Or 2020's class, excuse me, was eight. The 2021 class was 15th, but that's because like Tom Herman, you know, we didn't know players didn't know if Tom Herman was coming back. So it's hard to recruit yeah, with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And as, but as much as I love the way Sam Elliger played the game and, or plays the game, I really think he held them back to be honest. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see where they go from here. Like they have Bajan Robinson, who's a stud uh, in the mm-hmm. backfield. And I booked it when they first hired Sarkeesian that they would play in the big 12 championship. And I'm still as confident as ever that they will play in the big 12 championship this year. I don't know if they're going to win it, but I think they'll play in it. All right, I like it. I'm not going to be as bold as you, but I I appreciate the enthusiasm. I think they definitely have a chance to be good. Like I think maybe Texas of old, or at least Texas of the last ten years or so, would have struggled in that game. And I think this like sort of establishes that they're at least like back to being like relatively competitive. Right, and it's the first it's the first game under a new coach. I think like he did what was expected, right? In my in my opinion, so I'm definitely rooting for him too, as a former UW coach. I mean, he left us kind of unceremoniously, but, um, you know, still, still rooting for him. Still rooting for him. Yeah. All right. We'll turn to a team then uh, that did not do that well no. uh, this weekend compared to Texas. Uh, the Indiana Hoosiers um, were really good last year in the pandemic season, but got manhandled 34 to 6 by number 18 Iowa. Yeah. Started the season ranked number 17. 
So Jody recashing or trashing whether this is the real Indiana. Yeah, I don't have too much to say about this. I'm cashing it. Indiana's a basketball school. I think they caught lightning in a bottle last year in, in a pandemic mm-hmm. season. And uh, I was never really sold on them, to be honest, being Ohio State's biggest challenger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I feel the same. I think that I wrote down the words one season wonder last year. I think yeah. it was just like they caught lightning in a bottle. Um, and I think they just sort of got exposed against Iowa. They just looked terrible. Michael Penix, the quarterback, who played really well at quarterback last year, mm-hmm. was awful. He threw three <laughs> interceptions. Oh, no. Uh, the offense looked anemic, and the defense wasn't much better. <laughs> Though I do think Iowa is going to be a sleeper to be pretty good this year. I'm going to okay. put them in my, my Wake Forest category, too, of like sleeper teams I think might be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't think that makes this loss like look any better. Like they still lost by twenty eight points, which is yeah. you know, given any circumstance, not good. And I think that's a humiliation. That's score humiliation. six points and, and lose by twenty eight. That's humiliation. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think they're headed for a six and six season or something like that. Like I think they're, they're just going to regress to their like mediocre mean at this point. Okay. I saw I saw another tweet by our favorite uh, mm-hmm. Twitter account, Reddit College Football, that was like. Michael Penix threw his helmet in the locker room and it got returned for a touchdown. <laughs> it got intercepted and returned for a touchdown. It was pretty funny. Yeah. That's uh, a pretty pretty good summary of how the game went for them. Yeah. All right, let's look over at the team that Iowa's actually playing this coming week. Iowa State mm-hmm. barely scraped by, scraped by FCS Northern Iowa 16-10. to 10. They're ranked number 7th. They started the season there. Are you cashing or trashing that this is what Iowa State's going to look like? cash i think both of us are in agreement that iowa state is not actually that good no. they had like two, two like decent years in the past couple of years but they're not actually a good team and the big 12 is not that good a conference and they're it's just not. sort of they're just sort of like capitalizing on being one of the better teams there um it's one thing to barely beat florida state or fresno state in the case of notre dame and oregon it's a completely different thing to barely beat fcs northern iowa yeah like i think it just like if you can barely do that, then that's just not a good sign. Brees, all the running back, is supposed to be really good. Only averaged three yards a carry. The offense couldn't do much of anything. Like, imagine playing against, like, an FBS defense. Like, no disrespect to Northern Iowa, but, like, the <laughs> talent level that they're going to play coming forward is going to be way better than that. Mm-hmm. And if they can barely put up points against Northern Iowa, I don't think they have much of a chance yeah. um, against anybody else. And I think they're absolutely going to lose to Iowa next weekend as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm cashing it too. I mean, to be fair to Iowa State fans out there, they did lose their first game last year as well, but it was a pandemic season. This year they had a full off season, right? That was not disrupted. I, I don't, not that I know of, at least. Mm-hmm. It looks, yeah. I mean, look, the Big Twelve is just not that good, you know. Especially without Texas and OU, I think they're easily the worst conference in my opinion, because they're not the their bottom and middle is a lot worse. But than like the Pac-12, who the who's kind of the contender there, but. I know a lot of teams look shaky week one, but I think this is indicative of what Iowa State is going to look like. I think they're so overrated at number seven. It's yeah. it's crazy. But. If in this week's AP poll they're still ahead of Notre Dame, I will drive <laughs> to New York or wherever the AP is headquartered and like throw a fit because there's no reason they should be ranked ahead of Notre Dame. Like, Notre Dame didn't look good, but like I said, Florida State and Northern Iowa. Completely different. different completely different. Yeah. Um, and... We're going to finish it off with uh, UCLA. They beat number 15, LSU, 38-27. to They started the season ranked, but are now 2-0 and will almost certainly be ranked in uh, Tuesday's poll. You casting or trashing whether this is the real UCLA? 
So I am cashing it. I love the I love like the rise of UCLA. Chip Kelly knows offense, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't unfortunately get to watch the game live because it was the same time as Clemson Georgia, but did get to watch mm-hmm. some extended highlights. And honestly, like we said, the Pac-12 is looking super weak with Washington losing, Oregon struggling. Who knows about mm-hmm. SC? What they're going to look like? However, so I am cashing it. However, I think this is just more indicative of of LSU struggling after losing Joe Burrow their co-offensive coordinator Joe Brady to the NFL and then Dave Arnada to the Baylor. Like they lost like kind of like the three of the most mm-hmm. important facets of that team and they just haven't been able to quite recreate that magic. So I think it's a, it's a little bit more about LSU. Yeah. I think last year when LSU won their first game, I was like, yeah, man, I don't know about uh, if LSU is really like that program anymore. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, what? I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't think they're – I think it's more about LSU than UCLA. But what do you say? Yeah, no, I think I slightly cashed it, but I'm okay. not going, like, all in on UCLA. It's, like, mm-hmm. going to be really, really great this year. I mean, just looking at the two games so far, they killed Hawaii in the first game, but Hawaii is not, like, an elite program. I don't think we right. should read too much into that. And then I had a lot of the same notes about LSU that you did as well, that, like, I don't – they weren't that good last year. They weren't good this year. I don't think they're going to be that good this year. I think that they got the preseason ranking based solely on the sort of prestige. Yeah. And like the thought, or at least, or the misplaced confidence that, you know, Coach O was going to bring them back. But I think that sort of steal your language from Indiana. Like they just caught lightning in a bottle in 2019. Like just everything came together perfectly. And I just think that outside of that, they might not be that impressive of a Mm -hmm. program. And so, like, well, it's cool that UCLA won those first two games we'll probably be ranked this upcoming week i'm not overly confident that they're gonna be like really really good this year though i do think they might be the pack post best shot at the playoff <laughs> at least based on teams at this point like yeah, i don't know they're i don't know there's not many teams they have to come up against that are that difficult uh um, yeah so i don't know we'll see how that goes i don't know if they'd get in but I don't know. If they're we'll undefeated, if you're undefeated, they'll get in, but they're not yeah. really and I don't know. Based off recruiting rankings, they're not really that talented of a team. Chip Kelly's getting a lot out of the guys that he's got. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were like in the thirties for recruiting recruiting classes from what I saw, but I'm sure it'll take a jump up if they do if they do well this year, right? So Yeah, exactly. It's got the, the appeal of being in LA. Exactly. All that sort of stuff. So yeah. I don't know like I wonder what the ceiling is for a school like UCLA, though, because it's not. It doesn't even really strike me even as like a sports. I mean, I, they have basketball, but it, it never really strikes me as like a sports um, brand. But maybe that's just because they haven't been good in football. I think they've been good in a lot of other sports, but yeah, I wonder yeah, what the I ceiling mean, like, is for them. I just think of them as like a basketball, yeah, school because I mean they had like an elite basketball program, um, but like other than that, I just don't think of like anything else and. Yeah, so I don't know. I just think too being in the same city as USC hurts them as well because USC is clearly the better football program, yeah, historically at least. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. But we're gonna finish off the show today uh, talking about Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin dropped its opener to Penn State, who we previously discussed. It was sixteen ten. It was a super sloppy game. The Badgers made a ton of mistakes. Graham Mertz did not look good. Um, and it was just all around disappointing for Wisconsin. This loss comes on the heels of a four and four season last year and an eight and five season in twenty eighteen. 
All this begs the question that after being a model of consistency in the mid-2010s, they had four straight 10-win seasons, they were consistently sort of in and around playoff position. Is Wisconsin on the <clears throat> excuse me? <clears throat> is Wisconsin on the decline, Jared? Um no, I don't think they're on a decline. They're just not going up, I guess. <laughs> is is what yeah. I would say. Like, so not gonna not gonna lie, I thought Wisconsin's offense was going to be on a different level last year when in Graham Mertz's first game, he threw five touchdowns on like twenty one yeah. passes against Illinois, and I was like, mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is like a different Wisconsin team. They're not like the the ground and pound like play defense team anymore. But I think we've learned not to overreact to a game played against Illinois as they just <laughs> lost to UT San Antonio. I'm told they're uh-huh. the roadrunners this week. Yeah. But I think there's no reason why they can't return to that model of consistency. I just don't know what the ceiling is. I don't think the ceiling is like the ceiling is probably winning the Big Ten, and then I don't think really past that they're just not big enough of a brand. They play in Wisconsin. They're like their last conference championship was 2012. Their claimed national championships are back in 1945, like pre 1945. So they're not a slouch of a brand. Like you said, they've been consistent. Like they have Russell Wilson, who's been an alum. Um, but the bulk of their team is made up of three-star recruits, and basically the coach there, Paul Chris, like getting the most out of those guys. They actually landed a, a five-star recruit in this year's class, the 2021 mm-hmm. or the 2019 class and the 2021 class. So maybe they're on the up, but still the bulk of their roster is like three-star recruits. If you look up, if you look at um, their makeup, so mm-hmm. I don't think they're on the decline. It's week one. There's a lot of sloppiness all around. Like obviously, yeah. I trash that I that Penn State's going to be that good the rest of the season, right? So I think they were decimated by COVID nineteen. So it was, it's a pandemic mm-hmm. year as far as I'm concerned, right? Exactly. And I, I still have faith that they they can return to that level of consistency. Obviously, like I said, their ceiling's probably a Big Ten championship, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're on the decline quite yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to push the button. Yeah. <laughs> I might be, and it's very conservative, might be, but I think that they just need to modernize their offense at some yeah. point. Like, I just think the ground and pound is, like, never going to be, at this point, like, an elite strategy that's going to take you to the top of the game, especially when you're playing the same conference as Ohio State, who has, like, a high-flying, high-scoring offense. And, like, teams have shown that those two things aren't, like, having a, you know, a high-flying offense that like throws the ball, spreads the field, is not necessarily mutually exclusive with having like a good defense either. And I think that mm-hmm. you saw this with like teams like Alabama, maybe like five, six years ago, in which Alabama in their the first like string of their national championships in this run, like 09-2012, did not necessarily have like great offenses. They like ran the ball a lot, which is you know obviously a strategy, but it wasn't you know the sort of spread the field offense. I remember when they beat Notre Dame in twenty twelve. Um, that championship game, they just like handed the ball off to Eddie Lacy, and he just went and went and went and went and went. Their quarterbacks were guys like AJ McCarron and Greg mm-hmm. McElroy, who were like you know fine, but they were like absolutely game managers and weren't asked to do too much. But then like when the tide of things started turning around like 2015, 2016, they like completely transformed their offense, Alabama, and that's how they stayed competitive. Yeah. Um, and the quarterbacks they've seen, they've had since then. Well, they haven't seen NFL success. Guys like Tua. Um, and Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones, um, they at least are like doing more than just essentially being game managers at this point. And a lot of yeah. that's helped by like elite wide receiver talent, like we mentioned way back in the beginning of this episode. Um, and I don't know if Wisconsin can get that sort of elite, you know, wide receiver talent, but I think at some point 
especially now at the point we're at in college football where the offensive game is so skewed towards spreading the field, throwing it around, just giving it to athletes and letting them make plays that if you don't do that, you're never going to be truly competitive. And I worry that that's the case with Wisconsin. Like they're just going to kind of get left behind by the tide of like more athletic, more spreading the field Mm -hmm. offenses. And I don't know. We'll see. I thought I was with you. Like when Grant Mertz lit it up in his debut last year, I'm like, oh, they've they've done it. They've changed. But he's been quite bad. Yeah, he did not um, play well last game. And I think they're in danger of sort of just yeah being left behind almost. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Maybe maybe it, it is a regime change. I don't know. They. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of harsh, but um, maybe it is a regime change if they want to get up to the next level and a little bit more consistently competing, like legitimately competing for a big, mm-hmm. like they've been competing, I guess for a big 10 championship, but I don't think haven't really, except for maybe one year been like that close to Ohio state. So we'll yeah. see. Agreed. I think it's just hard being in the Midwest too. I don't know how, how Ohio state does it to be honest. Yeah. I think they just like sort of like, I mean, it's the brand aspect of it. And yeah. the fact that they've been so competitive for so long that like, I don't know. They just like have that appeal, and I think also the fact that there aren't that other that many other Midwestern schools that like have that sort of brand and appeal that they can sort of like have a monopoly over. Yeah, guys in that region of the country who want to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as as every announcer and every college football fan on Twitter said, it's good that college football is back. Definitely missed it a lot. Uh, if you liked if you liked the show, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, our preferred social media channel. Instagram is definitely our most active, as well as I'm told we're on TikTok, even though I don't use TikTok. Um, obviously, subscribe on Spotify so you don't miss it. And uh, when we release new episodes, as well as Apple Podcasts. And uh, yeah, we'll see you for the, the regular episode this next week and hopefully some more college football specific episodes. So stay tuned. <laughs>